Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls if you're listening on Saturday. Live call-in number 631-955-5400. That's calls if you're listening on Saturday only, 631-955-5400. Or you can text questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. Anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, and we put together future programs based on your questions. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. That play on the words in the chorus made famous in the Walt Disney movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs became a funny bumper sticker a few days, decades ago. But it's not funny anymore. The various statistics about debt in our nation will stagger you. At the end of calendar year 2017, credit card debt averaged over $6,000 per American, an 18.5% increase from 2013. Total consumer debt in the United States of America as of March 2019 was over $4 trillion. College loan debt for 2017 college graduates averaged $28,650 per student. As of late 2019, total college loan debt in the United States of America was over $1.6 trillion. Mortgage debt in our nation is now over $8.8 trillion. And as go the people of a nation, so go the nation itself, uh, the debt of the United States federal government is currently over twenty-two trillion dollars, and that debt grows by the second. While the biblical data regarding financial debt and related issues is rather complex, complicated by issues such as enslaving interest rates, which are clearly condemned in the Word of God, the Bible's basic position about debt is hardly favorable to it. God's Old Testament people could lend to many nations, but they were not to borrow. You can read about that in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. And probably the, the big reason for staying out of debt is because the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. And that's stated clearly in the Old Testament book of Proverbs in chapter 22. And probably the big reason for saying that was because debt to a creditor could bring actual slavery to the one to whom you owed your money. In the second book of Kings in the Old Testament, in the beginning of chapter 4, there's the really the very touching story of a widow who's deep in debt. Uh, the creditor's just about ready to come and take the woman's two sons for slaves, 
as the way of paying off what's due to him. And then in one of the many miracles recorded in the Bible, the prophet Elisha provides a large number of huge jars of oil for the woman, after which he commands her to go and sell the oil and pay your debts, using the rest of the proceeds to provide for herself and for her two sons. In the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, you can read a, a similar danger of slavery to a family in massive debt. In that case, this is again in Matthew 18, the creditor grants debt forgiveness. Beautiful picture of debt of sin forgiveness that God grants to believers in Jesus Christ who paid the full price for the sins of his people. And in the classic New Testament passage about debt, the Apostle Paul in the letter to the Romans in chapter 13 writes, Owe no one anything except to love one another. The debt of love is something we can never fully pay or repay, but financial debt is something we should avoid. As one Bible commentator put it, the passage doesn't condemn borrowing in the case of need, but it does condemn the looseness with which we contract debts and particularly the indifference often displayed in the discharge of them. That is the indifference of people uh, too often not paying off their debts. Now let me pause for a moment and ask you a question. Are you way over your head in debt? Now be honest. And if you are, given the fact that we are to owe no one anything except to love one another, and we often do that by giving, something that's very hard to do when you owe so much money. If you're that much in debt, how do you plan to get out of it? If I'm speaking to you today, his visit to the pastor's study is going to be of real help as visits to a pastor's study are meant to be. My guest again this week is our family financial planner and also a close friend, a wise advisor, and I might add a superb teacher, Fran Carrico, with his training and three decades of experience in the financial services world, he's helped a lot of people face their debt crisis and take steps to get out of it. And so he'll be of help to you today, not only to help you get out of debt if you're in that spot, but to also help keep you out of debt, the financial place you, you really want to be. So we invite your questions. If you're listening on Saturday again, you can call the studio and be live on the program, 631-955-5400, or text your questions anytime, 516-367-0391. Fran Carrico, welcome again to a visit to the Pastor's Study. Hi, Bill. Great to be with you hey, again. It's great to have you with us. There's a lot to do, and we don't have a lot of time to do it. So you're advising a young couple, Fran. They, let's say they both, they both have jobs and incomes, uh, but they have a combined college loan debt of between fifty dollars to $60,000 based on average college loan debt per student at this point. So is there any hope that they're going to get out of debt? And if so, how do you advise them? Okay, first of all, um, Google a uh, personal budget um, and, and search for a, a good website to get a, a good personal budget. Um, Mint.com comes to mind. It's free, so just get it, print it out, and budget. You, you cannot get out of debt unless you can plan what you spend and spend what you have planned. So no budget, you can't play the game because you're not keeping track of the score. Um, so how I would advise them is, first of all, get a budget, take a look at what those student loans are costing, and let's just put a, a, a number to it just for a, um, 
you know, it's just for a, a mental game here. If uh, if that is coming to uh, $275 a month, just put a, an amount to it, round it up to $300. Um, when it comes to building net worth, it doesn't make a hill of beans difference whether you are saving money at a compounding interest rate or paying off debt at a compounding interest rate. It is the mirror image of the exact same thing. Either builds net worth. And so if the financial um, security uh, is the goal here, then paying off debt is analogous to saving money. It is one and the same thing. You need to budget, and you need to know what you're spending and what your income is. So uh, fifty to $60,000 of college debt, not unusual between two people, um, assuming they're both working and have a consistent income. Uh, as long as that income is uh, joint income annually is greater than sixty to seventy thousand, they're not yet in trouble. If that joint income is less than fifty thousand, eh, they're in trouble. Okay. So, Fran, do you recommend say doubling up on payments? Uh, it may seem like an obvious answer, but is, is that part of your counsel? Not doubling up. I, I would round up to the next $100. Okay. Um, you, you know, it's because you got to walk and chew bubble gum. You know, you got to pay off the debt. And, uh, you know, if, if the debt would be paid off in, in 10 years at, at, this, at the stated payment, and, and you just round it up to, to the, the next $100, you might be cutting two or three years off that back end, and that's that's a blessing. But you've got to be able to do other things. You know, you've you got to be able to um, put money in your 403B or your 401K or your IRA. You, you really should have some life insurance. Um, if you plan on having children, you know, you, you, you've got you to make sure that the budget will allow for that. Um, one of the things we talked about last week is how the, these debts, especially these these student loan debts are a drag on the economy because young people aren't getting married. Um, they're not buying homes. They're not having children. Um, average uh, size of a family with regard to children for a married couple is 1.7. Well, that arithmetic doesn't work. Um, you can't replace two people with 1.7. And, and one of the reasons that young people today aren't getting married, aren't buying houses, uh, you know, and, and not having children is because of this issue of college loan debt. Yeah, interesting. And now this is not for your field. It would be for another program. But uh, thinking this from a pastor's perspective, young people need to ask the question of whether they should go to a liberal arts college if they wouldn't be better going to a, a trade school or something like that. I realize that that's not so much your field, but that's yeah. something to consider. Well, well Fran, t- talk about credit card debt. I mean, conventional wisdom is you, you need to use credit cards so you can develop a credit rating. I mean, is that, is that true? T- talk to us about credit cards and credit card debt. Yeah, this is um, this is where we must be extremely careful, and and where that that budget becomes so critically important. Um, look, if if you're if you got six thousand dollars of unsecured credit credit cards, and um, you know you're budgeting six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month uh, to pay that off, well, you're going to pay that off in short order. So the issue is uh, while you're paying those credit cards off. Um, you know, keep them, um, you know, 
at home uh, in, in a locked drawer and, and don't use them in, until you get those credit cards paid down. The issue is when we have unsecured credit, when we have credit cards, and um, we don't have a budget and we don't have a way of paying them off, and all we're paying is, is the minimums, and now um, it, it takes me back to your opening comments about being enslaved. Because in point of fact, mathematically, that's where you are. You're enslaved. You're, you're not going to pay off those credit card debts by paying off the minimum. Um, you're, you're barely uh, getting to the principal at all. Most of your payment is, is servicing the debt, which makes the lender wealthy and makes you poor. Yeah, wow, that's powerful, powerful. Uh, there, I would imagine you would recommend doubling up on payments, certainly rounding off to the next highest number, but doubling up. Without, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh-huh. Um, and, and again, this all begins with knowing what you make and knowing what you spend. Got to have a budget. That's, that's, just, that's just mandatory. Um, but, but yes, and, and credit cards will improve your credit rating. Look, if... If, if you're getting started in life and, and you're managing your budget and you're, you're, you're carrying less than $1,000 of credit card debt and you're paying off your credit cards in, in 60 days or less, then you're going to have a fine credit rating. And, you know, when, when it does come time to be looking at uh, buying a house and getting on with life or buying a car, you're, you're going to have, have a credit score in the mid to high 700s. And uh, you'll be seen as a, a good, secure credit risk for, for the next time you, you need to do something like that. Uh, so how, use the credit cards, but don't abuse them. Like alcohol. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. My guest today, for, uh, licensed financial planner Fran Carrico program last week was on uh, long long range planning. We've already gotten lots of responses to that this week. We're dealing, as you can imagine, with getting out of debt, and we'll deal with some practical questions. What about bankruptcy, for example? We'll we'll deal with topics like that after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today, getting out of debt, my guest is licensed financial planner Fran Carrico. Fran, talk about mortgage debt. You know, it's interesting. I'm sure you know this, but it's interesting that the word mortgage literally means death pledge. The life of your asset, whatever it is, is mortgaged. So if you can't pay and you lose your assets, that's like a death. Anyway, is it, is it ever right, Fran, to rent 
a house rather than buy one. Talk to us about that issue. Yeah, there, there are two, as we go through the cycle of life, there, there are two times that I think that, that renting makes some sense um, at the beginning of our adult life and perhaps at the end of our adult life. Um, you know, when, when we're just getting started, either single or newly married, um, you know, we need to have a domicile. We need to have a place to, to start life, maybe to have the first child, uh, but just to get going. Um, very often, especially when you're looking at, uh, you know, fifty to $60,000 of student loan debt, um, yet another debt on top of that with a mortgage is not attainable. So renting, you know, um, when we're just young and getting started, that makes some sense. Renting at the end of life, um, that makes some sense simply because, look, um, you know my age, and it's not as easy to mow the lawn or shovel the sidewalk anymore. Um, so townhouse living, where, where um, some of those services are provided by, you know, those who are younger and healthier, that, that, that might make some sense then. Um, but uh, I, I do like the idea of owning a home. I do like the idea of mortgaging to get that, you know, that's nothing more than financial leverage to to own an appreciating asset and uh, you know whether we're talking about a residential asset or a commercial asset it, you know the the underlying collateral is appreciating so from a financial standpoint it makes all the sense in the world um, so uh, it, it depends on our circumstances and where we are in the cycle of life but I, I certainly uh, would recommend for my clients who can afford to uh, to own a home and to use the financial leverage of mortgage to do so. Fran, talk with us a little bit about bankruptcy. Is it ever wise or advisable or right? Now, we're talking about individuals here. But for, for an individual to file for bankruptcy, help us with that one. Well, as I understand it, there's, I have attorneys I work with for, for two basic purposes. One is for bankruptcy and the other is for estate planning, two separate types of attorneys. But um, as I work with my uh, clients on this issue and as I you know, refer them to uh, an attorney who's um, well-versed in this, Chapter 13 and Chapter 7 here, of course, we're not talking about biblical chapters, but we're talking about chapters of bankruptcy code. Uh, chapter 7 being uh, debt forgiveness, here your credit score is going to take a pretty big hit for a pretty long period of time because you're using the code for debt forgiveness. So those creditors are taking a pretty substantial haircut um, when, when you go through that process. It is your right to do so, and if it means the ability to get on with life, um, take your attorney's advice. Uh, chapter 13, on the other hand, is simply a restructuring of that debt. And so here what happens is um, you're, you're assigned a trustee from the court uh, to handle the, that bankruptcy. Those debts are put into Chapter 13. They now have a zero interest rate, but they are not forgiven. You go through the process of, guess what, a budget. Okay, so it's not just me saying this. If you're ever going through bankruptcy, you cannot go through bankruptcy without having a thorough budget. Um, and your attorney will, will, will impose that on you. Uh, the bankruptcy court will impose that on you. 
And that budget will then determine how that payoff is going to be. Is it going to be a 10-year payoff, a five-year payoff? Uh, and you're paying off that debt to zero through the trustee at a zero interest rate. So your attorney will be able to advise you which is going to work better for your circumstances. Obviously, Chapter 13, you're going to take a much lesser hit on your credit score, and your credit score is going to recover much more rapidly because here the creditors are not losing out. They are being repaid. They're just losing the interest on that debt. That's fascinating because your Chapter 13 in bankruptcy restructuring is very much like biblical data about debt in which people were would pay off the debt in various ways, but never with interest. That, that's where the interest was condemned. Well, well Fran, look, get, just give a couple minutes or so. Give us some general advice for individuals and families to stay out of debt after <laughs> the fact that they've got to have a budget. Give us some other things. Well, look, um, be patient. Um, you know, take, take a look at the way your parents and your grandparents lived. You don't have to have it all. You don't have to have it now. Um, you are not entitled to, um, you know, everything all at once. And quite frankly, uh, I think you'll appreciate, um, you know, that special item um, if, it, if it takes you 10, 15, 20 years to get to the point where you can attain it in such a way that you don't have to go um, deeply into debt to do so, uh, whatever that special item might be, whether it's a house or a car or what have you. Um, but be patient. Be patient. You don't need to have it all. You don't need to have it now. Stay within your budget. Plan what you spend. Spend what you've planned. Wow, excellent. My thanks to Fran Carrico. Fran, if people want to contact you, give us a phone number and an email if people want to contact you. Sure. Office uh, in southern Saratoga County, uh, a little place called Clifton Park. Um, the office number is area code 518 557 uh, Email my full first name, F R A N C I S, dot full last name, C A R A C O, at bankerslife.com. Hey, many thanks to Fran Carrico. Time now for our counsel from the pastor's study. And for today in this series on what I'm calling Money Matters, let's. Let's continue to think together about generous giving. Now, it's wise giving, but generous giving. Why should we give generously, wisely, but also generously? Well, one reason is that generous giving is really the essence of love. Love is giving yourself for the good of another. God so loved this fallen world that he gave his only begotten son to redeem it from sin and death and hell. See, love is not first a feeling. It's a commitment. And whether it's by loving your wife and children or loving your neighbors, wherever they are, that commitment shows itself in generous giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Another reason is that your generosity is meant to reflect the generosity of God. We all should be continually amazed at how generous God is with us. He daily loads us with benefits, as the Word of God says. And as image bearers of God, we should be reflecting God's generosity. That's true of all people, because all people are made in God's image. But it should be especially true of Christians. Generous giving will not get you right with God. No way. Only union with Jesus Christ by sincere faith that lays hold of him as Savior and Lord can do that. But 
If you're in union with Jesus Christ by grace through faith, that union with the one who gave himself so generously will show itself in the way you give yourself to others. An ungenerous Christian is a contradiction in terms, quite frankly. Yet another reason is that generosity done wisely blesses others. It brings the benefits of things that bring help to the poor and needy, assistance to worthy projects, relieving the burdens of debt that people have incurred for whatever reasons, and, in the case of generosity for the kingdom of God, furthering an eternal kingdom that brings the blessings of everlasting life to people in our nation and in every other. And last but not least, generosity is the only true antidote to materialism. Jesus Christ spoke quite bluntly when he said that the way to lose your life is to save it, that is to live for yourself and for the things you want to acquire in this life. You will lose your own soul in the process of that, and quite frankly, that's bad business. The way to save your life is to lose it. Give yourself over to Christ in true faith. Lose your life like that, and you'll gain true life, a life that knows the riches that come to you when you're generous. Remember, you can't outgive God. Here's a little rhyme we've said often in our home. There was a man, they called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Begin wise, generous giving today, and you'll find that out for yourself. God guarantees it. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart a time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, never forget, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.